0: I just wanted to touch on this verse, 13, verse 6, this, this section of verses. It was just so... I get Peter here. I really get Peter. Thirteen six. Jesus came to Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said to him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Then he goes down and says, I've done an example, verse 25, verse 15. I've done an example, so you should do this to one another. And then to 34, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. Of course, I'm always struck in this passage by the fact that this is the night before Jesus dies, what would you do? We have a tendency when we're having a bad moment to sort of suck the entire universe towards our pity party. But we see the exact opposite with Jesus in which he actually takes all of the wealth and resources of God's love and starts pouring them out on the eve of his death. And that leads me to the solution that God is surprising He's always surprising. Christianity is boring and dumb, and we get boring and dumb, when God is no longer surprising. When everything, when our responses to every news article is predictable. When everything that we do and say is predictable. When in the gospel, we see, we see John's gospel starts with something surprising. God becomes human flesh. This is familiar to us, but think about that. That is shocking. That is startling news. Then Jesus, in chapter 4, he's not only walking through Samaria, you might remember how this just doesn't happen, but he's talking to a Samaritan woman. That was shocking. Even, John even comments that the disciples came up and said, whoa, should we be here? What's going on? We are feeling uncomfortable. Then you have the adulterous woman. Remember the woman caught in adultery? Jesus' response to the question, should we condone her sin or condemn her sin? And Jesus says, neither nor. That was surprising. In a world in which we are quick to say one or the other, Jesus, I don't condone it and I don't condemn it. And he gets rid of him and says, go and sin no more. I love you. Then we have Lazarus. Okay, he calls him out of the tomb. The dead comes to life. That is surprising. But maybe not as surprising as the fact that God in human flesh weeps beside that tomb. Doesn't just observe human experience, but enters into and shares with human experience. And then it becomes maybe even more surprising in tonight's passage when Jesus takes off his normal clothing, a rabbi's identity, and takes on a slave's identity with the towel and does the job that only slaves do for his disciples. That is surprising. The God who became human is surprising, but the God who became a slave is taking that to another level. Two quotes to give you guys the severity of the shocking manner of this evening. That the foot washing takes place during the meal, not on the arrival to the meal when feet would normally be washed, shows that it was an action undertaken deliberately and was not simply the usual act of courtesy. In other words, you come into a meal, you expect to get your feet washed by the servant of the house. That wouldn't be surprising but the fact that in the middle of the meal, Jesus gets up and then becomes that slave to either rewash or wash for the first time. We don't know it and tell us. But to do that in the middle of the meal was a little bit of out of order. That would have been surprising. It made a statement. This is not just, what am I trying to say? Routine. Second quote. <clears throat> Most, this is a little gross, but it's real. It's not too bad, so you can handle it. Most foot washing in the ancient world was a menial task. It involved washing off not just dust and mud, but also the remains of human excrement which was tipped out of the houses into the streets. That was their hygiene. Just get out of our house. So you're walking through stuff and animal waste, which was left on the country roads and town streets. So the task of doing this as an act of hospitality to honor guests was therefore normally assigned to the slaves or servants of low status, particularly females. So much so that foot washing was virtually synonymous with slavery. What makes the fourth gospel's account, John's account, so extraordinary is that there is no parallel in existing ancient literature for a person of superior status to voluntarily wash the feet of someone of inferior status. Jesus' act, therefore, represents an assault on the usual notions of social hierarchy and subversion of the normal categories of honor and shame. You get it now this is surprising. This is shocking that Jesus is doing this. He's not just serving let me pour your wine for you at their feast. He is doing something that is so unbecoming of any dignified teacher, let alone the son of God. But we don't like surprises. And that's what I learned this week. Well, not only did I learn this in preschool when I walked into preschool and this is my like only memory of preschool other than Popeye the Sailor Man. I walked into my preschool class, and everyone shouted surprise and started singing happy birthday. And all I remember about that day was I ran out and cried in my mom's arms. (laughs) Now, we all have different levels of surprise liking, but I definitely clearly didn't like surprises. And I think as a human being, we typically don't like surprises anytime they threaten our comfort and control. Because a surprise is disorienting. Like Jesus' surprises in the Gospel of John, he's taking the world as we know it and he's turning it upside down. And everyone's disoriented and the surprise is no longer fun because we're no longer comfortable and we're out of control. And we typically are very uncomfortable with anything that is unconventional. We're very uncomfortable with things that are unconventional. Unconventional especially when the thing that is unconventional is unconditional, undeserved love towards you. Peter is extremely uncomfortable with this surprise. That's why I get him here. I don't know that I would have been very cool Jesus washing my feet. I would have, mm, this just feels wrong. By the way, Peter's not the only one to react. Judas reacts too. Judas doesn't like the foot washing, so much so he leaves the group. When Judas is confronted with unconditional love, his uncomfort drives him to fear, which drives him to flee. Peter's drives, this discomfort drives him to fight, right? The fight or flight reactions in human. Peter's like, you're not doing this. I want to do this to you. He yeah, doesn't say that, but it's probably in his mind. If Judas sees it and he's like, okay, this is too far. I'm out of here. But there's a third way too. There's a third reaction. And he is what we see as the beloved disciple or the disciple whom Jesus loved, the one lying right there next to Jesus at the table. We see the intimacy, or it's kind of a, in my generation, it sounds sort of like a weird word. So he's, he's very close and connected with Jesus. We see no qualms about the foot washing, lets it happen, doesn't fight it, doesn't flee from it. He surrenders to it. He gives in to the discomfort of Jesus serving him. And here's what I learned from this, is that we can only give out what we are willing to give in to. We can only give out what we're willing to give in to. Jesus says, I've done this as an example so that you may wash each other's feet. Well, I'm not going to ever be able to wash other people's feet unless I have first given in to Jesus washing my feet. If I'm going to say, no way, Jose, you are not touching my feet. You're not going to serve me. I'm not going to be a very good servant to those around me. And so Jesus, you have to let me do this, Peter. You have to let me do this so that you can learn what it feels like to go and serve other people and what it feels like for them to be shocked by such unconditional love and affection. So when we give in to letting Jesus love us when we don't feel like we deserve it and it's a surprise and we're uncomfortable, with this unconventional, unconditional love. When we give into that, when we surrender to it and say, just love me, Jesus, you know what happens? Anytime you surrender, you become a slave to whom you surrender to. I give up, I give in. And so I am now the slave. I have given myself to the authority of Jesus, which makes me a perfect candidate to go wash other people's feet. The job of the slave. And so if we want to surprise the world, if we want to go and shock them with the good news that the gospel truly is, rather than the hum I've heard that before, but the, just absolutely startle them. Make them say, whoa, I didn't, see, this is something out of this world. This is like of another creation. <laughs> it is. Um, if we want to see that happen, we have to be willing to enter into the discomfort and surprise ourselves. Let Jesus love us, give in to that so that we can surrender and become his slaves that are adequately equipped to go and wash the feet of others. And as we can do so, we will surprise people. They will not expect it. Surrender leaves to surprise. So the call is to go surprise the world. The new commandment to love each other as Jesus loved us. We don't have to literally foot wash. That wouldn't necessarily speak of slavery in our nation. Right? It's just not a thing. It would just be like, okay, that is really weird. Not just surprising, but that's like, that's strangely weird. Um, what's the parallel? How do we serve people in the same kind of message that Jesus washing his disciples' feet would say? How can we take that form of servanthood and slavery for other people and say, I am totally here for you because I'm totally God's? What does that look like? That's where Jesus is going to lead each of you independently for the people you know. Pray for them. Find ways to wash your feet. Let's allow Jesus. Give in to Jesus' love so that we can give out Jesus' love.